Everybody, RK here, and today I'm talking with Kevin from Doodly D's Farm. So I was recently reading the uh, Friendly Aquaponics newsletter, and they mentioned Kevin. So Kevin was kind enough to uh, to let me talk with him today. Hey, Kevin, how you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Good, good. And uh, so, as usual, would you mind telling us, you know, how you got started doing aquaponics in the first place? Sure. Um, it's pretty simple. Me and my mother were talking one day, and we really uh, wanted to have clean, good, wholesome food for our family. And we lived uh, in the city, and we wanted to find a piece of land uh, somewhere in about a 30-minute drive or so from uh, where we lived. And and after a bunch of research, a couple of years actually, uh, we you know discovered aquaponics and went to conferences everywhere and. Uh, read books and had meetings with the so-called experts and all that stuff. And then uh, we found a piece of land and started building. And two years later, we have uh, about 30,000, a little bit more than 30,000 square feet of, of greenhouse space. And and now we're just growing the heck out of some good, wholesome food. <laughs> and uh, where are you guys located again? We are in Karnak, Texas. We are right... Uh, we're about two and a half hours due east of Dallas and about 30 minutes due west of Shreveport, Louisiana. All right, all right, all right. So, um, you know, in that two years where you were kind of learning and, you know, trying things, you know, what was the biggest mistake you made, you know, when you started doing aquaponics? Uh, over-engineering and listening to the so-called experts who have never done commercial aquaponics. Oh, right, right. <laughs> So what was an example of something that happened? Uh, well, we, uh, we we hired a firm to help us design the first system, which is uh, about a 7,000 or 8,000 square foot greenhouse, and it's just absolutely beautiful. It's the first one. It's a big showcase. And we built a separate fish room next to it, and, and it just really over-engineered it made it very difficult to uh, get around uh, to the hole of the tanks, the fish tanks. And uh, it, it was it was designed such a way that uh, it made it more complicated than it needed to be. And at the time, we didn't know any better. So uh, we right, did, right. You know, we've, we've had to do a lot of modifications and make it uh, just right, make it more user-friendly and, and easier. And, uh, you know, so on, on the flip side, you know, What's the most important lesson that you learn to be successful when you're doing aquaponics? Go slow. Uh, it is out of all the business ventures uh, I'm currently involved in. I kind of move a little faster than this, and uh, I kind of had that tendency to do the same here. And if you just go slow and steady, and, and just learn everything you possibly can from everybody. And, and what you're doing yourself and really think and take your time, stop, pause, take a deep breath and, and make sure you're doing it doing it right. And luckily we did come across uh, Friendly Aquaponics and Tim and Susan there. Well, they, they were just a, a huge 
huge help, and we're actually modeling our four more greenhouses. They're about uh, 40 feet wide and 140 feet long on average, and we're modeling those out of out of their plants, and it's just a lot easier. Right, right. They've done a they've done a great job at a uh, at really simplifying and. You know, and when it gets more complex, it costs more too. You know, it's amazing. <laughs> you know, you got yeah, exactly right. stuff you don't need. Right, you add a lot of stuff you don't need. Have uh, incur a lot of extra costs that's not necessary, uh, and it's not as efficient. Right, right. But in, but in the beginning, when you don't know everything, well, you'll never know everything, but you don't know enough, and so you just kind of make those little simple mistakes and learn from them and move on. That's right. That's right. So, um. So, you know, what made you want to go the, you know, the commercial route rather than just say, you know, growing stuff for yourself and your mom and and uh and in your family and whatnot? Well, we have a pretty large family and it's it all boiled down to the design of our farm because not only is it a place for us to grow originally it was just a place for us to grow food and to have a family place for all of my brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews to come out and enjoy and we kind of made it a you know, family resort and uh in doing that we built the first greenhouse to a footprint that would match the other some of the other buildings out here so it just wouldn't look out of place and in doing that we went golly we're gonna have a lot of extra food <laughs> mm-hmm. and and then we thought well uh you know i wonder if there's a market to sell this and yeah, there is huge market and then that it, one thing led to another. We really started enjoying it. We we love growing our own food, and and all the leftover food. Uh, so man, this is just great. So it, it evolved or morphed into uh, a commercial system or commercial business, and and I've enjoyed it so much that I moved out to the farm. I no longer live in the city. I, I've been here for a little over a year now, and I love wow. it. It's just fantastic. So I wake up in the morning, we have our, our workers, and we just get after it. Right. And so, you know, I, I kind of watched a few of your videos on your YouTube channel. You, you know, you mentioned you're you're really an entrepreneur. You started a number of businesses. And, um, you know, so I think one of the hardest things, you know, with any business is, you know, how did you go out there and how did you get that first customer, you know, to start buying your produce, you know, like, I know a lot of people can grow some plants, but you know, getting someone to buy your food is is a whole other ball game. So, how did you go about there and uh, you know and get that first customer? Well, it's pretty. It's a. I think we're in a unique position because we we do have the capacity and are about to start growing a lot of food. And in saying that, we we. We're too large to go to a farmer's market uh, to make that economically feasible. Uh, It doesn't make sense for us, even though I think it would be fun to do. And it doesn't work for what we are doing. So we contacted some of the big boys, uh, some of the big food buyers in our area, and we're close enough to Dallas that there's a pretty big market there, and Shreveport is a pretty substantial population. So we started contacting some of them, and currently – they are vying, you know, several, several of these big boys, as I like to call them. I'm not going to mention any names because we're not under contract with any of them yet. Right, right. And they are uh, 
negotiating with us right now uh, how much they want to buy. The problem is that they're so large that uh, they'll we have four of them right now, and if any one of them you know, we make a deal that we like, uh, we'll end up taking all of our food. And all right. And and that that's good and bad. It's uh, bad because then you have just one one customer, and if they don't pay on time or uh, all of a sudden somebody else comes in and, and undercuts you somehow, then, you know, all of a sudden you, you don't have any customers. So right. it's good and right. bad. But, so to solve that problem, we got uh, some expansion plans so that we can start uh, serving uh, four to five big customers at the same time. So I think we'll end up having, well, I don't think, I, I know we will. We already started. And we'll have probably about 10 acres under roof. Wow, yeah, that's quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty fun, too. And, uh, you know, we're, in the con- we're not on a contract. We're negotiating. Actually, they were out here yesterday. Uh, some school districts wanting us to provide food for uh, 28,000 students uh, Wow! Day. Yeah, so, and yeah, I, I mean that's good. That's getting healthy, healthy plants into the school. That's, and it's local too, right? Local, like local schools. Yeah, it's a local school. And my mother, uh, Denise Bankston, she has a foundation it's called the Kids Choice Foundation that she's done a whole lot of work in in the uh, Bossier Parish and the surrounding areas to help uh, disabled or uh, learning kids with learning difficulties. And so we have a lot of connections there, and they have a huge interest, and they, they've been coming out frequently, and I'm fairly confident that's probably who will end up being our first big customer. Wow, wow. So so basically, you just you called a bunch of different, you know, big kind of stores that, that would make it, you know, just feasible, uh, you know, cost-wise, and then, uh, you know, what would you you know what would you say when you call would you just call and ask for uh call for whoever buys the produce and then talk to them that way or you know what would what would you say when you're doing it well uh, fortunately enough we're in a a situation where you know, we already knew some of them all right and so we had a you know warm introductions to the uh, to the people to begin with so that that helps you know just can't even Imagine what it'd be like going in cold. It'd probably right. take, you know, it'd probably take a good long time. And I'm sure you know, they have such a huge interest that it probably wouldn't take that long. But it would take a lot longer than what it took us, just because we had some established relationships that we casually knew some of the some of those people. Yeah, yeah. I um, when I was talking with the uh, the Whole Foods market here in Hawaii, um. You know, I went and I, I saw someone working in the produce aisle, and I asked, I asked, you know, who was who was in charge of getting the produce, and they told me his name, and so then I called and I asked for that guy, and then, you know, we set up a meeting that way, and you know, it it takes a little bit, but but it is it is true, it's it's a little bit more difficult if you have relationships. I think it go much quicker. Yeah, and that's with any, any business and anything in life. It's uh, it's who you know, and and if they're willing to you know, help get you an introduction to somebody that can make a decision. Right, right. And so are you guys going to be primarily doing lettuce, um, lettuce leafy greens, or are you going to be doing um, anything more than, than, than lettuce, selling lettuce to the stores? Ideally, we want to 
sell commercially various types of lettuces and salad mixes. And for ourselves, we have a place in, in our greenhouse that's just for us where we've been growing. You know, we've been testing everything. I mean, you name it, we've been, we've been trying to grow it. I say trying, we have been growing and doing a, a fantastic job. It's uh, And it's a lot of fun. You, know, you get to go out and pick your salad and and whatever you eat, tomatoes and kale and all that sort of thing. It's just a lot of fun. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> you know, we have people coming and visiting us, and it was just it was fun to take them out to the farm and just watch them just pick a bunch of different stuff. And, you know, the look they get on their eyes, it's funny, you know, when they just see some, some produce growing and, you know, they're, they're grabbing it and eating it right away. It's real, I don't know, right, it, makes, yeah. it makes it fun. A lot of people think uh, the food just comes from the grocery store, from the restaurant. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, with, with the average uh, age of a farmer being 62, it's uh, you know, getting to know your farmers is extremely difficult in America. Yeah. No, that's yeah, true. Ho- hopefully we can put a uh, put an end to that. I think it's important to know where your food comes from and, and who's growing it and, and do you trust them to do the uh, right thing and keep it uh, pesticide and just chemical free. Uh, I think that's right. important. Yeah, you know, and then here in here in Hawaii, it's like everything has to be shipped here on a, you know, on a shipping, on a shipping, you know, in a shipping container on a boat. And, you know, mm-hmm. so knowing that you can get it locally, you know, it wasn't picked weeks ago, and, you know, who knows what comes on that stuff. Right. you got to be very so, careful. Yeah. So, um, so I wanted to ask a few questions about your, your system, your system design. Um, mm-hmm. So you guys are doing um, 100% rafts, you know, going from your fish tank to your to your to your you know your troughs, or you doing any sort of media beds? Um, all of our uh, all of our new greenhouses that are probably be totally finished in about six weeks until we start uh, some more. They will all be rafts, and our first greenhouse has huge raft system and then well first of all we have wicking beds on one side and then we have uh, 20 4 by 8 media beds and then we have the big uh, rafts troughs on the other side and so we had a a nice mixture of stuff and and the media beds work great Uh, the the wicking beds work fine and I think that is a, a great way for a you know, family to to grow food for themselves. I would not recommend it commercially, you know, just because it's a lot more labor intensive and uh, it's just not as near as efficient as a raft system right. uh, as far as commercial applications. Yeah, I was um, again. I was reading the the friendly newsletter and they were talking about um, a guy who had been growing commercially in media beds came over to their farm and 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 harvested a, a raft and it was it was like he saved hours of time harvesting out of a raft compared to what he spent harvesting out of his uh you know his his media you know his rock bed just because you know what he had to do in cleaning the roots and getting them out of the bed and everything it just saved him a lot of time doing it in a raft yeah and it is fun for you know, the hobbyist or somebody who wants to have uh, food for their their family and uh, but on a commercial scale it's it doesn't make any sense, and and we find that stuff just grows better in the rafts. 
And so, um, and so in that first one, when you go into wicking beds, because that, that's one of the things I've been interested in seeing how, how people do. So you go from the fish tank straight straight to a wicking bed, and then you go over to the media bed? No, how ours works is it goes uh, to the media beds, and then it's gravity fed down to the troughs. And the wicking beds, uh, the way if you were to stand in front of it and look at it, it would look like it goes through the wicking bed, but it doesn't. Uh, it's at the tail end, you know, so we have a valve that we open up and it dead ends into the wicking bed. It just stops and then we cut off the valve and and let it drain, I mean, let it wick up and we have a valve on the other end that we can let the water back out that does not go back into the system so it doesn't leave all that cocoa fiber and uh, right. all that junk get into the to the main system. All right, yeah, so that makes sense. And that's how, that's okay. how we did it. Now, that was one good thing that the uh, quote expert did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and uh, and then once you um, you know, you got your lettuce. Are you are you also selling your fish, or are you just using them as you know fertilizer makers? What are you doing with the fish? Yeah, we've only been growing food for about six months, and. So our fish aren't big enough to sell, and I don't know if it's just such a small percentage of the overall income that would be derived out here. So we haven't been focusing on that at all. When we look at the fish, we think of them as the the source of nutrients for the plants. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and once they get to a certain size, you know, we'll sell them. But uh, that's something that I don't think we'll ever focus on. Yeah, yeah. Other than, you know, well, when we get hungry, we might go out there and pretend to be fishing and get a net. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, so much, it's so much easier to fish when you have, you know, a bunch of tilapia <laughs> in a tank right there. That's right. <laughs> so, um, so do you have any other advice for people that are, are thinking about going commercial that you wanted to share? Yeah, uh, I firmly recommend you know, just going slow and testing out things, seeing what, what grows best in your area. If, you know, something that grows great for us may not grow so well for you, depending on you know, your your personal circumstance. And we've slow, slow, slow. Uh, I don't, I do not recommend anybody to jump in uh, all out and you know build a hundred thousand square feet and just you know think they're going to conquer the world with it. I think that'd be, that's a mistake. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was Susan Susan's advice too when she was here. She said, start off small, build like a build a you know four foot by eight foot you know trough and and learn some there and then go a little bit bigger and then a little bit bigger and you know don't just jump in right away and go as big as you possibly can. All right, and you know we're, we're I say that, but we're steadily building more and more and more. So I would I believe you should go slow. And for me. This is slow. Uh, to a lot of people, this may seem to be really fast uh, at the rate we're growing. Uh, but I'm I'm used to that in all of our other businesses. But so for me, it's it is going slow. We have been up and operating our first greenhouse for about six months, maybe a little bit more. And really, I have enjoyed that a lot. We haven't uh, sold anything yet. Uh, as I said earlier, we're just negotiating with that with the people that we want to do business with, and to see if we 
at the end of the day, people want to do business with them. Uh, there, there's definitely is a market. People do want it, uh, even if it takes a little bit uh, for somebody who does not have relationships to get into the door. And you can right. still get in the door. All you got to do is keep knocking. And they're like, oh, you, know, you have organic, wonderful, you know, whatever you're growing. And sure, because yeah, they have customers they have to sell to these big stores. And they need everything they can get. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's what I would recommend. And, and learn everything. You know, go visit other farms. That's what we did. And uh, talk to other people that are doing it. Uh, go visit them. Uh, read all you can. Go see everything. Uh, just quick visits. Uh, you know, somebody, another farmer will let you. And uh, we've traveled all over the country and visiting other farmers. And you can just get the smallest, uh, simplest thing that you see that another farmer's implemented. And you go, oh, wow, that's great. <laughs> we, we need to use that. And, you know, <laughs> and those little tidbits that you pick up everywhere you know, end up becoming wonderful efficiencies in your own system and and how you operate. So that's what I would recommend. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I really appreciate you talking with me today. I, I really think what you shared will help a lot of people. Um, if people wanted to get in contact with you or see what you're doing, you know, what's the best way for them to uh, to, to see what you're doing? Well, we our website is up and running, and... Uh, I think it's just a beautiful website. It's uh, doodlydeesfarm.com, D-O-O-D-L-E-Y, D's Farm, D-E-E-S, so Doodly D's Farm. Uh, the D is my mother, and uh, we all, we were laughing one day when we bought the farm before we started working. So, well, I guess we'll just be doodling around the farm <laughs> one uh-huh. to another, and it's Doodly D's Farm. And... Uh, so that's how you get in contact with us, doodlydeesfarm.com. And on YouTube, we have our YouTube channel, which is uh, doodlydeesfarm. And on our website and the YouTube channel, we've been putting up a, uh, quite a bit of videos, and we have a, a lot more that we've recently found that we'll be putting up shortly, too. And we have a lot of permaculture uh, aspects to this farm that a lot of people, that we've been, permaculture things that we've been using for our aquaponics, like heating and cooling and, and stuff like that that's starting to work out pretty neat. Yeah, well, looking forward to seeing those. I, I really appreciate you talking with us. You guys go check out their YouTube channel, visit their website, and, you know, if you're around the Texas area, maybe you can go see what they're doing out there. Sounds good. I appreciate you having me on.